Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios. Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you. Another Thursday evening, special topic Thursday, an evening that is devoted to your questions, tailored to your questions. We have been at this now for quite some time. That is special topic Thursday. And we have really covered a lot of ground, answering questions both big and small. This evening... I'm going to respond to a question that I've received from you on more than one occasion. Really, it's it's less a question and more of a request or an inquiry. You have asked for me to share my conversion story. And I guess I have put this off and really haven't responded to it because throughout Seeds of Truth radio programming, over just not the last four years with our podcasting, but really all the way back to when we started, I have talked about... Uh, my conversion story or or my journey of faith at different points. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, you know, maybe I can share this. Uh, you've asked, so why not share it? And, and it's less a conversion story because I was baptized Catholic, raised Catholic, and of course still Catholic. It's more about, for me, key touchstone moments in my life that were critical to my development. And I, I suppose to some degree we can put the word conversion in there because in each touchstone moment there was definite conversion, right? As we need to be converted each and every day. These touchstone moments that I have written down and, and recognize are the seven key points in my life, I guess, that have brought me to the point where I'm at today. And by the grace of God, as I have said, conversion never stops, right? St. Paul says, put on the cloth of Christ, so we put on the garment of virtue each and every day, realizing that when Jesus says, be perfect like my Father in heaven is perfect, he's calling us to live in the gap between the person we are and the person we ought to be every day. All right, that being said, those seven touchstone moments, and again, I recognize seven because these are the moments where there was critical conversion, just not in my life, but as you will see, my family's life. Okay, so the first, as far as I can reach back, is when my father returned home. So a little background here. When I was a young boy, approximately seven and a half to eight years old, my father left my mother uh, for two and a half years. I could be on air talking a very long time about that, but it would be enough to say that uh, when my father was gone for those two, roughly two and a half years, the young Holcraft family became very much a scattered flock. Now, to my mom's credit during this time, she did everything that she could to, to keep us steadfast in the church. You know, she brought us to Mass each and every Sunday. She made a point to surround us with um, a Catholic community. And, and here I'm thinking about the Catholic track club I belong to. So I was surrounded by Catholicity, if you will, but by no means <laughs> were we living the Catholic life, the Christian life. Uh, for me personally, I remember being a young boy who, my goodness, um, I would drop an expletive at the drop of a dime. 
I was getting my hands into a lot of things that were no good at a very young age. If it wasn't stealing something from a store, it was raiding my mom's purse to steal money. I mean, from one thing to another, uh, I was getting in the habit of doing a lot of bad things. And to fast forward to the touchstone moment that I want to speak to here, it is when my father came back. And, and this day, I do remember. So, so the day kind of unfolded like this. My sister and I were in the living room. Uh, there were just two of us. Again, I'm one of 11 kids. But on the day that my dad actually knocked on the door and my mom opened after he was gone for two and a half years, there I was and my sister in the side living room. And we just kind of watched my dad come in. My mom embraced my dad, not without hesitation, anger. But in the end, <laughs> dad came home. Right now, I want to share with you a little bit of the background behind my dad coming home. As my dad shared the story, he went to the sacrament of confession, and he shared his sin with this priest. And before he gave him absolution, he asked my father something like this, Robert, Robert being my, my dad's name, do you feel the heat? He says, the heat, the fire at your feet, do you feel it? And he says, no. He says, well, you should, because if you don't return to your family, that's hell that awaits you. <laughs> so, I think the priest literally scared the hell out of my dad. And uh, I am eternally grateful because in the end, as my dad would tell me, that encounter, that confession, that moment changed his life as he went home. And uh, at that point, uh, we more or less, after a few months had gone by, picked up our bags and moved. So we had moved soon thereafter. And so if it was the late spring, early summer of 1984, I was nine years old at the time, we made the move. So the first touchstone moment in my life because of where I was headed, I mean, it was a very bad place. We moved because at the time I lived in uh, the East Bay, San Ramon, California, and that particular town, which, if, which is, of course, now a city, was a town that was infested with a great deal of drugs. So we made the move, and consequently, that was a touchstone moment for me. Now, as we made the move, I, I also recall the first night we moved in. My father gathered, oh, I think nine of us were living uh, at home at the time, and said, this house is going to be a house that belongs to God. Earlier this week, I was talking about the importance of making sure that the home you live in is a home that belongs to God. Well, my dad did that. I got really excited the other day when I was talking about that because of how close, how important that truth is for me and, and what it meant for me. So anyhow, from that day on, we prayed the rosary every night. We had our ups and downs. You know, a move just doesn't change everything. As you've heard it said before on more than one occasion, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, the whole Kraft family wasn't transformed in a day. Quite honestly, the whole Kraft family is still under reconstruction, and that's okay, right? Because that's what our life is about, as I've already talked about, that ongoing transformation in Christ. So the second touchstone moment in my life was when my father passed away. I was 15 years old at the time, so the first touchstone moment was when I was nine. The second, when I was 15, it was on May 23rd, 1991. So fast forward almost seven years from after we moved. This was a touchstone moment for me because for the first time in my life, while as a young teenager, we were praying the rosary and 
I was being made to reflect upon the mysteries of Christ and, and meditate upon scripture, I wasn't asking the question about faith critically and the existence of God critically until my dad died. Because when I looked into the coffin and saw my dad without life, just bones and flesh, I looked at him and, and said, no, this can't be it. He had so much life and now it was gone. And, and there was just this conviction that ran through me. And I remember to this day when I looked into the coffin that there's a God. There's a God because the life that this man lived at the end of his days especially was a testimony to life itself. This couldn't be it. Flesh and bones, no, my father was more than that and he still is more than that. And the life that he gave towards the end of his life kind of became something that crawled through every fiber of my being. And after those days and really on through my my high school days, and I was still a teenager trying to figure out life, I was asking many questions about the faith. And I even began as a teenager to, to go to Mass every day and, and to really enter into the Catholic faith. And so my father dying at the age of 15 was a, a touchstone moment for me. The next touchstone moment for me, my third touchstone moment, was when I was 18 I'd graduated. I didn't really have any direction in my life. I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I, I thought about the priesthood, but then I, I felt I was called to married life. I was close with some of my brothers who lived in Chico, where I live today. And I decided to, to go to school up north, which was about three hours north, Chico from Modesto. So we moved to Modesto from San Ramon. So for those of you who do not live in the state of California, that's about an hour and a half, hour 45 minute drive inland. And uh, Chico is about three hours north of Modesto. And this certainly was a touchstone moment for me because for the first time in my life, I was made to take care of myself, you know, practically speaking. And it had me going deeper and deeper. I was still living with family per se, but I was definitely being made to ask all sorts of new questions. And it was a touchstone moment because if I was critically examining the faith when I was 15, I was really getting into the nuances of what that looked like when I was 18, and I was really involved in ministry, so I was going deeper at that point. But I dare say the move itself when I was 18 years old was the real touchstone moment. Okay, now, the next major movement for me in my spiritual journey came when uh, I was 21, 22 years old, and I was being asked explicit questions about the Catholic faith that I, I humbly tell you, I just simply could not answer. And it bothered me a great deal. It bothered me a great deal. And a number of these questions were coming up when I was in the classroom. As I was going to the local university here at Chico State, I was exposed to a lot of ideology about just not the Christian and Catholic faith, but about God. You know, I remember my first philosophy class, uh, the question was posed on the first day. So my first day in class and the first a uh, question I received was, do you think God exists? And I just really wasn't ready to answer that question philosophically, okay, and theologically. Over the course of the subsequent three, four years, when I was being asked specific questions about my Christian Catholic faith, it just really began to eat away at me. So while I was in ministry, in peer ministry, I did find myself coming up short, and, and as I said, it just bothered me a great deal. So I made the decision to, to do something about it, to remedy it. And, 
So I remember going to a series of Catholic conferences during that time and, and listening to some Christian and Catholic professors uh, talk about the Christian and Catholic faith within the context of apologetics. And I was being deeply moved by what they had to say. And my heart was set on fire. It's like when they were talking, I, I heard those words that we read from the road to Emmaus. Huh? Were not our hearts burning within us? My heart was burning within me when I heard these preachers, these, these speakers talk about the beauty of sacred scripture and how to respond to those questions we get as Christians and Catholics. So anyhow, I quickly discovered that all of these speakers came from one place, and that place was Franciscan University of Steubenville. So I then quickly set out to apply to Franciscan University, and ultimately I would land at Franciscan University in 1997 where I would finish my bachelor's degree. So that was another touchstone moment for me. Uh, that move from Chico to Steubenville. It was the first week when I was there that I just realized, yes, if I'm clinging to God, then I am where I need to be. If I'm entering into that first beatitude of being poor in spirit, then I am where I need to be. And, and that was enough for me. And my days at Steubenville, I can't even begin to encapsulate them for you here this evening right now. It would be enough to say that I underwent a profound transformation, just not intellectually, but also spiritually. So the move from Chico to Steubenville, I would say, became my fourth touchstone moment. So that first touchstone moment was when I was nine, when my dad came home. Uh, the second touchstone moment for me was when my father passed away. Uh, I was 15 years old there. Uh, my third was when I moved to Chico when I was 18. And my fourth was when I moved to Steubenville and I was 22 years old where I was, again, continuing to ask those questions. Lord, you have brought me here. What do you want to do with me? Here I am. Do with me what you will. So, that being said, after my days at Franciscan University of Steubenville, I did discern that I was called to uh, further discern a vocation to the priesthood, and that's what I did. I joined the Franciscan TORs. For those of you who did not know that, I... I was a Franciscan for approximately uh, 24 months, and 12 of those months were spent in what is called a novitiate year. A novitiate year in religious life essentially is a year where you spend 365 days in intense prayer and labor with a novice master over you reminding you of all your faults. And I don't know if there's any one greater touchstone moment for me in my life because <laughs> it was then that I was looking at the muck and the mire of who I am for the first time. My novice master would not hesitate to tell me about the things I needed to work on. And he would tell me, if not every week, every day. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things. It was a very, very difficult year. And yet, you know, I think most of us have watched the movie that the five people you're going to thank in heaven. I would have never thought about it then, but I would tell you now, um, my novice master is probably going to be one of those five individuals uh, because he, maybe more than anyone else in my life, chastened me, and I did not like it. I did not like it. I did not like what he had to say to me because I did not like uh, who I had become. Even in those touchstone moments as I was going deeper and deeper in my faith, there were still things that I was shoving aside. 
And uh, my novice master took those things and put them before me and said, hey, you've been pushing these things aside. And so I had to deal with uh, who I was. And, and incidentally, this brought me back to my friends, <laughs> the things I was doing when I was 8, 9, 10. You know, you've heard me talk about this before. Our relationship with our parents is very, very, very important. Okay? If you are a parent and you don't think what you do now makes much of a difference with your 8, 9, 10-year-old, guess again. They absorb everything. And I would even say, as many psychologists would say, it doesn't start when you're 8, 9, 10. It starts much, much earlier than that. So if you are a parent, realize that loving your child, turning yourself over in every way to your child has exponential value down the road. Exponential value. So anyhow, there was a lot of healing that needed to happen there. So once I addressed the, the muck and the mire of what I wasn't happy with in my life, a lot of healing did take place. And that's why I say to you today that touchstone point number five, as yeah, on one hand, it is on the heels of the previous four because five doesn't happen if the previous four don't. Certainly, it was a major turning point for me in my life. Uh, all right, so moving out from that time, I had discerned that I was not called to be a priest. And here, turning to touchstone point number six is when I met my wife, Jackie, and ultimately getting married and, and what married life was and continues to be. And what I'm talking about here now is just the complete and total gift of self. Remember that all-important passage that comes to us from Ephesians chapter 5. Those verses that speak to the importance of the wife being subject to the husband, but also the husband loving his wife like Christ loves the church. So here we have the call, husbands, to lay down our lives for our wives, the same way Christ laid down his life for the church. I mean, think about that. That is an extraordinary call. And when I was made to internalize what that looks like in the early days of marriage, let me tell you something, my friends. Yeah, that was a major touchstone moment for me in my conversion. It wasn't about me anymore. <laughs> it wasn't about me anymore. And uh, yeah, if in the novitiate I was made to examine self, I was made to examine self for a reason. Then I might be that I might be better disposed to other. And in the case of my marriage to my wife, my uh, <laughs> my wife often jokes around with me that uh, her best friend is my novice master. Um, and certainly there are still yet a lot of things I need to work on and continue to work on. But she does recognize that that novitiate year, that touchstone. Point number five was invaluable to touchstone point number six insofar as my novitiate year um, has been at the service of my marriage. I mean, isn't this what the essence of our baptismal vocation is about? In God for other, that we can never be properly disposed for other if we are not first in God. If we are going to serve the task of what it means to be in mission, then we must first better understand the gift and receive that gift. Huh? So touchstone point number five, when I was 24, because I entered the novitiate when I was 24, very much served touchstone point number six. 
and uh, I got married when I was 28 years old. Now for my last touchstone moment, uh, well that happened when my first son was born, Colby. There's many layers to this, and just let me say this. I could not even begin to tell you what life was like before I had any children, because brothers and sisters, literally, I don't remember. I don't remember. And, and I say that because that speaks to the reality of what happened on the day my oldest son was born. My whole life changed. When Colby was born, something inside of me just kind of leapt out. It's almost as if every fiber of my being was crying out, Amen, because I was being brought to completion. Who I was called to be that day is now etched into my memory because of that sense of fulfillment I had. And I can tell you, as I have four children to the subsequent three births, the same thing happened. Now, I want to go back to the birth of Colby because something significant happened there. You see, Colby was born with a cleft lip and cleft palate. This is significant because I have a cleft lip. I was born with a cleft lip. So when Colby was born and this little baby was handed to me with a cleft lip and cleft palate, you know, we read that we are created in the image and likeness of God. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters in Christ. When this little one who had a cleft lip, as I have a cleft lip, was handed to me, I could proclaim this young boy created in the image and likeness of God, was also in God's transcendent grace, created in my image as he reflected me so profoundly. And it was in the holding of Colby on that first day on September 26th, 2005, that I was made to reflect upon that great line that comes to us from Superman. When Superman looks down upon his son and he says, it is in becoming a father that I, I better understand what it means to be a son. Touchstone point number seven became a touchstone moment when that, whatever you want to call it, shot through me. God's fiery grace, God's fiery love. And I came to realize what it means to be a son of God as I now looked upon my own son. Amen to the workings of God. So, if there is a way I could summarize my journey of faith as you've asked me about it, it is in those seven touchstone moments. Touchstone moments that were brought about by God's grace. You know, earlier I was talking about those five people that you are going to thank once you get in heaven. By the grace of God, go I, I make it. I think the other four are going to be in some way, shape, or form tied to those who are praying in the background. I have shared with you seven very important moments in my life. When my father returned home and we moved to Modesto. When my father died at the age of 15. When I moved from Modesto to Chico. When I moved from Chico to Steubenville. And from Steubenville to Loretto where I discerned a vocation to the priesthood. And ultimately, those first days of married life. And finally, the birth of my children. All of those moments, I know, were brought about by God's grace 
and grace that was actuated in my life because of people interceding on my behalf. And for them, I am eternally grateful. I speak to this now, my friends, because we need each other's prayers. Everyone has a conversion story. Everyone has a story where they can pinpoint their touchstone moments in their life. Maybe right now you've heard this program and and it really has encouraged you to think about those touchstone moments in your life. Amen to that. Spend time with how God has worked in your life. Appreciate what God has done for you. And as you do, come to better understand that this has been brought about by not just your doing, certainly you cooperate in grace, but also those around you and those who have been praying behind closed doors, maybe a mother or father, maybe a grandmother or grandfather. These are going to be the people we thank. I know for me, as I have recently come to find out later in life, it was my grandfather behind closed doors who was praying, and I am convinced that his prayer had a lot to do with my father returning home, that first touchstone moment. It is about gratitude, my friends. We have the call to be grateful. You know the word grateful? The word grateful comes from a Latin word that translates the release of loveliness or the release of graciousness. When we are grateful for what God has done for us in our life, we actually release more grace into the world, more loveliness into the world. Be grateful for what God has done in your life. While we may lose sight of him, he never loses sight of us. Amen. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.